good morning sisters and brothers am i audible at the back so you can't escape my verbal volley right that was supposed to be humor if you understood you can laugh it's okay let me start with a anyway i forgot my notes on the witty side so i have only some serious notes i guess it's all right with you i read a joke several years back which master once also shared let me start with that there's once uh, a guru who went to a gathering like this he is one of those high profile speakers who was paid a lot to be there and when he went there he just asked the crowd as a precursor do you all know what i am going to speak so the entire gathering said we don't know so he said what is the point in talking to a set of people who don't know what i am going to speak about and then he gets up and walks away the crowd is sort of disappointed and then uh, they now decide that next time we'll fix this person so after a month they are able to get another date with him they are able to fix a time again pay him handsomely he comes and then now they are all prepared so he asked the same question do you all know what i'm going to speak about so they all said yes we know what you're going to speak about so he said what is the point in talking to a crowd who already know what i'm going to speak about so he gets up and leaves now the crowd gets wiser they say that we have to make him talk because he is considered to be a good uh, speaker so finally one last chance they say they okay now we'll pay him get him back again on track he comes and now they are all well set like the way you are seated they are now made a strategy clear they are sitting on either side and now they know what question is going to come up so the guru comes and asks you all know what i am going to speak about those on the right said yes we know those on the left said no we don't know so he very clearly said okay those who know tell those who don't know and then he walks away <laughs> okay now the question to you do you know what i am going to speak about <laughs> silence that's quite easy we we can i can just say please start and we can be done with it for one hour okay the topic which brother shriram forgot to for whatever reason not to introduce me with is a topic called turbulences this uh, topic was uh, chosen by kamlesh bhai and uh, given this morning he gave some threads on which i have built the topic but prior to that just to refresh my memory and maybe just to give you some insights on how i got into sahaj mark as an outsider i had been dabbling with sahaj mark for more than 5 years before i stepped in you can say as a official practitioner in the year 1992 my first exposure even today when i talk about that i get a nice scolding from master in 1987 i used to be a salesman so i happened to go to a organization to finalize a order and uh, the managing director was seated there and the discussions went on at the backdrop i saw a photograph and couple of other goddesses gods were all there and this photograph seemed to be different because it wasn't of any national figure or a politician or any religious leader or any of the god gods forms we know of so as the gentleman who is this much later i realized it was master's photograph that person happened to be a prefect of the mission so i don't want to name who it was he didn't say anything beyond saying that he is my guruji so i asked him what it is further but he wasn't really giving in much and uh, that was my first exposure to the photograph of uh, master though he didn't light any anything if i have to tell you that my heart started beating and all that it will be lot of nonsense it took me a few more years and uh, i started learning uh, martial arts for several years and it so happened again maybe this where i think brother nagraj will get his clue because he was comparing my skills on the stage way back in 2007 when i happened to be a volunteer on the stage and i happened to handle a one of the over enthusiastic abhyasi who climbed onto the stage to meet master and i was able to quietly tackle him and take him down <laughs> i had learned martial arts for about 4 5 years and the person who taught me martial arts happened to be a prefect to surprising for 4 to 5 years we used to have a dojo in the top of his home in chennai and uh, in between he'll just disappear go inside lock the room and come out after half an hour one hour whatever so whenever we used to ask him what he is doing he said no no doesn't matter and uh, there also i have seen master's photograph 
and the only thing i still feel the connect is that at the end of the dojo the session we used to recite the mission prayer i don't know why but he brought it as part of the uh, practice at the end we used to recite uh, this uh, prayer without knowing what it meant he will just say say the prayer keep your eyes closed and he used to sit in the front maybe he was cleaning or transmitting i don't know what he was doing and in between occasionally once a month he will make me drop him near master's home in uh, alorpet and he will make me stop my vehicle half a kilometer ahead of master's home say the drop me here and go back i used to ask him several times you know what is there which why do you make me drop he said doesn't matter i said where are you going he said he is my yoga guru imagine being told by a prefect he is a yoga guru and i used to ask him once i even followed very silently at a distance and i found he walked into gayatri and went in so i waited for some time i was wondering you know is he having a girlfriend in here or what is it all about so i didn't really know what it was so i went off and it so happened that he left the mission he was removed as a prefect for some reason he left the mission and much much later i happened to come into the mission even coming to the mission was not very easy because there's really no purpose i saw in starting meditation i was happy with the religion i was practicing being a staunch tamil brahmin as we call i was happy i had my share of god he was where he supposed to be in a temple i am at home and whenever i wanted to meet him i could go say offer me obeisance fall at his feet beg for whatever i needed come back job was done why bother so one of the friends uh, who happened to be my junior in my office he kept talking a lot about uh, the system and normally one of my habits which uh, has helped me as well as put me in lot of challenge is i take a lot of time to start anything i do and once i start i don't give up whatever it may be so it almost for four to five months uh, he used to keep keep giving me uh, psms principles of sahaj mark series and i had finished almost up to 1 2 and 3 and every day evening being my reporter we used to sit in the evening i was a bachelor so was he and uh, uh, don't worry i am married now and <laughs> many of you might be knowing my wife also because uh, she runs the soulmate or takes care of the soulmate so we used to sit in the evening and talk at length about uh, the various concepts that master has spoken and psm 1 2 3 Uh, for any beginner is uh, the best way to get introduced towards ajmarg the series of talks that master gave when he traveled with babuji maharaj in malaysia and other places every day we used to discuss and a point came when 6 months i said okay now is the time now i am convinced let me start and then the funny portion happened he gave me a name of a prefect i went there to start i went there i was sitting there ahead of me there were six people sitting it almost looked like a clinic for me and uh, the prefect was sitting in a corner he kept calling one by one he said he come he said what do you want to do i want to meditate why he gave some reason he said no meditation is not for you go the next one went like that four were rejected so he thought okay i don't know what i have to do to pass this test and then went there and uh, being a salesman a little bit clever i thought at least i think i am clever so i used what we call as a password so i told him i have been sent by so and so because that uh, abhyasi was very close to this prefect he said uh, straight away he said okay when do you want to start and it was over and in november 92 second i second of number i started and it so happened that the person who introduced me left the mission within 3 months why i am saying is uh, all this when i happened to meet master much much later which was about a year later and uh, when i started sharing all this he was uh, one he was angry he said 1987 you wasted 5 years you should have somehow forced a way to start and then again in 88 i met this prefect to whom i was practicing and lot of chidings and whatever fortunately i am here but it took me a few years to understand why i am actually there though i had read all the works i had uh, read the so called 10 uh, maxims which i'm very sure all of us are still uh, grappling with because even if today if i had to take a test on how many of you remember 10 maxims by heart should i ask that question <laughs> no 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 i am safe because i just wrote down and brought <laughs> so if anyone has questions you can ask me which maxim i can really doubt because so happened in 2010 master chose me to talk on a topic called 10 maxims 
So master always has a very nice way of making you remember what you are bad at by giving you a topic which you have to talk so that you at least get to know what you are talking about. I guess when Kamlesh Bhai gave the topic turbulences, <laughs> maybe it means that I need to learn to handle my turbulences as well. Why Sahaj Marg was something that took me several years to really understand. Initially I came because when I met, uh, when I read the books, I was quite impressed with the flow of thinking and uh, the way in which Master talked about Sahaj Marg. It was quite, uh, quite appealing to the intellectual side. I wasn't extremely clear on why I am here or why I am starting meditation, but somehow I felt that it's sort of an elite crowd, I need to be there, I need to get in, I need to start doing something which is different because nobody has ever done it in my family. So I was at least there the first, if not in the school or college or elsewhere. I said, let me start. A few years later, I started understanding little bit seriously about the purpose of Sahaj Mark. But even today, if I have to tell you, if I really understand, as the Maxim 3 would say, really not. I mean, Maxim 3, after all, talks about complete oneness. How many of us would really, I mean, uh, be here knowing well that we are here for that? I really don't know. Because many of us, when I go around giving talks, I used to, what you call as a lecture circuit, you know, people call us Rotary Club, Line Club, Open Houses, Welcome Desk, wherever we go, we speak. Each one whom I have met, who wanted to start Sahaj Marg as a practice, had some expectations which was not in line with what we offer. I mean, every product or a service has a USP. I mean, Sahaj Marg, if we take it as a product or a service that we offer, has a USP complete oneness with God or self-realization. But this is not something that was sold. So we used to package to sell it to them in ways in which they would accept. Okay, become a better human being. Learn how to develop the inner balance or learn to be peaceful with yourself. It's like going and watching Mount Everest from a distance. You have a view, it's beautiful, scenic, lovely. I can take a photograph and tomorrow morning it will be up on my Facebook as a backdrop. Or I can stand there, the famous word of 2013 which was voted as selfie, I can take a selfie and upload on my Facebook. Other than that, Everest does not really serve a purpose for a curious visitor. For a person who gets closer, as Master has mentioned in one of the talks, when you start climbing Mount Everest, you start picking up a few pebbles or maybe some diamonds or some rubies and you are happy you come back. And there are some more serious people who climb up and go up to the base camp. And there are people who make a living out there. And that's it, base camp is the highest that they reach. And very, very few people, if you look at the expedition to Mount Everest in the last 60 years, since uh, the first pair set their foot there, Edmund, Hillary and Tensei, maybe about two to 3,000 people have made it there. That's all. The rest of all people who just went halfway through and came back. Like that, how many of us are really clear as to why we are here? And if we are clear, how many of us are really steadfastly connected to the goal? Master once recited a beautiful uh, story of how a guru chose his uh, disciples. There was a guru who was considered to be the best during his times. And uh, some of the word spread, about 100 people in drove they went and they wanted to start whatever he was offering. The Guru was seated towards the sea. And the disciples or the people who wanted to become disciples didn't know what to do and they said, okay, he is facing the sea, let us also face the sea and sit. They all sat there. One day went by, about five got up and left. Two days, three days, one month, two months. After about three months, only about five people were left. At the end of six months, when the Guru wakes up or opens his eyes and turns around, there is only one person left. He says, this is the kind of commitment I need. Now you are ready to start. Now you are ready to start. Not that you have made the goal. Now you are ready to start. You are fit to be a disciple. How many of us can really say, I mean, I can understand your turbulence in some sense because you have traveled all the way from at least to be here. You are just, what, 50 meters away? <laughs> from the physical goal, if you want to call, if at all, though that may not be the real goal that we need to aim for. And yet you can't go and see him. Quite difficult, right? And uh, you can literally feel it. The turbulence that you are about to land and then the pilot says, now you are going to be in mid-air for another four more days. 
till the fuel runs up mh370 we don't know where where we are going to land whether we will land whether we will get to see the physical form of our master or not he is not well as sir sandesh came out two days back from dr network the turbulence is quite understandable this turbulence to some extent is pacifiable temporarily you get to see him somehow it manages to sort of tight down are we really aware of the real turbulences uh, that we all have when we really look at it before we get into the topic of the turbulence i want to read a beautiful uh, whisper that i read recently on the aspect of uh, goal with which i would connect back to the topic this was a message which was given by babaji maharaj on the 18th of june 2002 tuesday 10 am here he talks about the message goes like this prepare your heart more and more don't give it any respite pursue your goal with obstinacy only lack of interest could compromise its success get stronger in your convictions they do not generate self doubt anymore for a long time you have been past the stage of self questioning your way ahead is becoming luminous the wanderings of the past and the search way enriched you and led you to comprehension the path is long which clears the way and shapes the soul bringing it to the highest level the school of life is favorable for this work it justifies all its facets good or bad according to the interpretation made of it all has its reason detr to advance with a heart full of joy is a rare blessing we keep coming back to this aspect of an incarnation which is one of the keys to success try to conform to these views and be confident in yourself and in us who are there to help you and guide you in your search any work bears its fruit particularly in this field never forget it make sure you remain happy and certain to reach the goal whatever happens the last two words are really the key he speaks about the goal and he says whatever happens when i also read about the uh, abhyasis who travel out of india specifically i mean this is a, a crowd which is a reasonably a fair mix some of you are originally from middle east and many here are from india who gone there i have interacted thanks to being close to master for several years now meeting several abhyasis from all parts of the world almost every country that we have abhyasis have made a visit to manapakkam and i had a chance to meet talk to them exchange some views one thing that we invariably find at least for those who go from india and settle there is that our heart is still back at home whereas our mind is there mind is where the homeland or rather the land that we are settled in is there for example in a case let us take the example of say dubai the challenge there is the heart keeps saying go back to where we are the mind keeps saying a little bit more just 6 months more just one month more just one year more i know of several friends during my school and college days who have gone to gulf and said that i'll be back in 3 to 5 years after making enough money and it's almost 25 30 years and they're still there some of them have taken their families there and some of them still have the families here they come visit and go even where you are there physically there is still a disconnect this is something that i have perceived correct me if i am wrong that in spite of the riches that you build up the material riches that you build up still there is a disconnect because you are still considered as a outside citizen you are not still considered as part of the ecosystem there whether we like it or not the same is true for people who travel to europe or to america or elsewhere you are neither accepted fully nor thrown out because they need you there because of the services that you offer in some way at the same time you are not needed there because you don't form part of them so the classical challenge of being there or not being there something what a indian uh, bride or a daughter in law would understand very well 
even after 20 30 years of marriage she is still an outsider in her own home where she has adopted uh, her mother-in-law as her mother the mother-in-law always thinks that you belong to where you came from and in your home from where you actually migrated they say that now we have given you in marriage you go and you are in a state of limbo i mean uh, if you really you have read the works of ramayana and mahabharat we will understand the concept of tirusanga sargam you know you are there in between which is a heaven created by vishwamitra which is neither the actual heaven nor the earth and he is sort of stuck in a sort of a limbo that state is something that i connect to lot of these brothers and sisters whom i meet there is a turbulence i am here i know for sure because i have come here because the land offers certain material opportunities and i found that this in some sense could connect me back when i become a money bag as to call so that i can go back and settle it doesn't seem to happen and even a few who have come back and settled some of my friends who are outside the mission or some of the brothers and sisters who are part of the mission we have found that they come back and they find that now they have traveled so far they don't belong here too and they go back i remember a talk that master gave on 1st of january 2005 as part of the new year talk he was speaking about many of us who are also in a turbulent state because we have left the so called religion and some of us thankfully still keep their feet there i mean we still i know of a few people who practice both just to be safer you know like insurance policy in case this doesn't work i still have this i mean master always talks about trading two horses simultaneously the dangers and all that but we still do it because how would he know i still have a small almira in my home where i may old gods goddesses photographs occasionally open it and do this at least the indian hindus will understand what it means he was speaking about that in the 2005 talk where he openly said now turn back and see you are so far away from the religion you left even if you go back nobody will accept you you will be a social outcast because you you know that that doesn't work anymore it's like a person who has crossed the first standard gone to the fifth eighth tenth standard and then you go and put him back and start alphabets all over again i mean alphabet soup is good but starting alphabets all over again may not be a good idea you feel uh, disconnect and you are not here too you are not able to take what it takes for you to be a, a complete sahaj margi in that talk he also said something which was very i would say painful to hear he said having now come into the system of sahaj marg how many can i really see as true practitioners the way my master would want them to see babaji maharaj and then he said in the entire population of sahaj marg if i see about a handful i would be happy whom i can call as abhyasis that's a very potent statement it very painful for all of us because each one of us hopefully at heart would like to be considered as a serious practitioner of the system whatever disconnects we still have whatever challenges we still face this upheaval this constant motion this constant uh, undercurrents are the turbulences which keep plaguing us all the time we still haven't got over the form aspect i don't think i can say for sure that i have got over the form aspect of master where master keeps talking about the time should come when you transcend the form and go beyond that hence you are able to see in fact the quotation that uh, master twisted out of what bauji maharaj said is something which i have been thinking about for several years before little bit of understanding came into my head or my heart baba ji used to say that love him who loves all and master changed it to say that love all whom he loves when i asked him several times he used to laugh it off he never gave a direct uh, reply as to what he meant by saying that and then the standard stock reply all prefix and abhyasis have learned or we have have learned to tell others when in doubt meditate i mean when i have a problem i ask master but when you have a problem you meditate you will find the answer this is something every prefect every functionary has master to say even i say that in many of my interactions with abhyas you have a problem meditate you'll get the answer but when i have a problem i'll go and ask him because i have access so this question i had been pondering over and then this answer came to me which uh, maybe i thought i'll share with you when i start seeing when he says love all whom he loves which literally means if i can transcend the form 
Actually, I should be seeing about 450 masters sitting in this room. Each one actually is a duplicate of him. If I can see him really, not see him the form, but see the essence of master in each one of you, I think that's what he meant by saying, love all whom he loves. How many of us can really say, many of us have read uh, this story in Mahabharata about when uh, sage Durvasa calls Lord Krishna and uh, Lord Krishna says that, okay, I'll come for uh, dinner and they all spend a lot of time in preparing food. And it's quite late into the night and then suddenly they find a wild boar running into the place and keeping its mouth here and there, wanting to eat the food. And they all beat up the wild boar and chase it away. And then they find that the beating that they gave the wild boar was actually an infliction that they took upon themselves. And then when they go to Lord Krishna and say, what happened? He says, I came as a wild boar. You are only looking for me as a Lord Krishna, as a form that you are aware of. How many of us would have turned away master whenever he came to us in several forms? We don't know. Because we are stuck to the form. <coughs> whenever... Though we can say that, you know, I mean, uh, this is an illusion or maya. Whenever we don't see the form, we get agitated. There is a sense of turbulence. And this is something maybe is a teaching us in the last three days. If you are so close physically and yet if you don't have to see me, can you overcome that and still go back? If you can't see me still in a physical form and still not be disturbed by it. It's a question I am very sure that very difficult to answer. If given a choice, if I just say that master is coming, I'm sure all of you will turn back and see. I mean, because that's something that we have. It is extremely difficult. The turbulences that specifically I have seen uh, with the group of Abhyasis I've seen from the Middle East, uh, as they say, you know, you're torn apart because of the several afflictions we have. We also have another challenge being an Abhyasi and worst still being a prefect. The expectations of the people who watch us are phenomenal. They expect a perfect replica of your guru. They expect the best of behavior. They expect the better of the best of character. They expect the best of communication. I mean, uh, Kamlesh Bhai was uh, talking in uh, the Basant Utsav in Tirupur on the conversation principles of Lalaji Maharaj. How to even converse? Every Abhyasi has this perennial challenge of having to live up to something which he is not. And many of us, heart of heart, know it's almost an impossibility for us to be like what Master would want us to be. Though we all honestly, fervently keep giving attempts. This again creates some kind of a discord, a disconnect, a turbulence. In my view, the heart says I have to be like that. And the mind says if you have to be like this, there are so many other things that you need to compromise. The late night movie or going out for a shopping. Dubai is after all full of shopping malls. Indians go all the way only to shop and come back. As they say, you know, shop till you drop dead. And then they come back to find that they are not happy because the famous joke they say, the wife always says, I don't have enough dresses and uh, whatever dresses I have, I don't have enough place to keep them. So we keep shopping all the time. The same is true for the husbands who shop for jobs, who shop for so many other things. Still we find there is a disconnect. The material side, if you really uh, take, Maxim 4, Babaji Maharaj talks about leading a very simple life in tune with nature. Very nice to talk about. We can pat ourselves on the back after having a seminar on 10 Maxim and go around and say that Maxim 4 is wonderful. At least by the end of my life, I think I'll practice it. It's so easy to talk. Be plain and simple in, and in tune with nature. Not uh, very easy to really attain. When you really connect that back to the practice, in fact, in one of the talks here that Kamlesh Bhai gave, he was speaking about when actually you do the cleaning, when you start removing all the complexities, you become simple. It's as simple as that. In fact, he went on to say that if you are not simple, it's a very clear sign that your cleaning is still not uh, proper. It's not complete. Because you have complexities which you have not been able to clear and you have not cooperated whenever master clears the uh, tendencies or the samskaras, we let them come back. Which means we create tendencies, we create uh, these uh, turbulences and we understand 10 maxims as a theory. After all, if I give you 5 minutes to read through your book, I am very sure in your diary you will find them there and write them down. It's not very difficult. And two days back we had a conversation and uh, Kamlesh Bhai was talking how easy Sahaj Mark actually is. 
or rather how simple it is. All we have to do is take the ten maxims. Before doing anything in your life, look whether it is as per ten maxims or not. If it is not, don't do it. If it is as per ten maxims, do it. Life is as simple as that, but it's not easy because my mind says, my God, it says rise before dawn. Master once made a very famous joke during the time of Brother Don Sabirin, who was there several years back, who used to be a prefect. He said the only person who could do it was Don's wife. <laughs> Rise before Don, you know. Whenever she used to get up, Don was there. For rest of us, it's quite difficult. Rise before Don. Many of us do it only to go back and sleep. <laughs> because we don't understand the second line of the maxim. Rise before Don, okay, at least 50%. Like a famous joke. I saw in a, you know, YouTube something, one quiz master is running a program and he is asking one of the participants, who did goat say shoot? So the person thinks, thinks and says uh, he shot Rajiv Gandhi. He says, because he said Gandhi, I'll give you five marks. <laughs> After all, he shot Mahatma Gandhi, he got half right. Like that, we get half the maximum right. Rise before done, we get up, go back to sleep again. Like that each of the maxim beats the next one. It's, it's so difficult. And it says in maxim 7, I mean, uh, forget all the problems and treat others as brethren. And how is it possible? If you're able to treat everyone as a brother, why should we have all the problem in the world that we have? Do we even work as a team amongst abhyasis? Once Master gave a very painful speech one year back in uh, this room when he spoke about brotherhood and the talk was as short as about five minutes. He said the most nauseating topic I am being asked to speak again and again is this brotherhood. Why do you have to speak about this after so many years of being in the mission that we still have to speak about brotherhood? So when we look at again going back to the turbulences, we are continuously being uh, split apart. When I was pondering on this question, there are four points that I thought I would present here with which uh, maybe I would uh, go towards the uh, taken about 35 minutes. Is that okay? I mean, I was jokingly saying that one of the talks, uh, one of the speakers went to a session like this. So he asked, how long can I speak? He said, you speak as long as you want, but we will leave in 30 minutes. <laughs> so please tell me when you leave so that I can stop. Okay. There are uh, few points that I wanted to anchor and found uh, them to be relevant as to how we can overcome this turbulence. I always found that the easiest place to go and hide when you have a problem is the collection of whispers. All you have to do is uh, create an index and find the topic you want to speak, throw it in and the Google, the whispers will tell you what whisper to read. Read it and then leave it to them, let them figure out what it is. Because when it comes from above, you cannot question reading what I am reading. It's your problem and their problem. There are four points which I found were essential. The first one I wanted to talk was the topic on acceptance. This I found is the first key for overcoming the turbulences. For this I had one whisper which I wanted to share which I found very pertinent on the topic of acceptance. This is a message that Babaji Maharaj has given on Sunday, the 28th of October 2012, 10 a.m. This is part of the special messages which have been coming out. The message goes like this. He says, Let yourself be carried towards this divine splendor, that which delights your heart. There begins that contact which is renewed and appreciated each day. It generates... No, no, it's not for you, don't worry. The child is crying there. You know. It takes some more time before you have to accept. It generates these messages that are more and more sought after by beings who are receptive and really committed to our system. This system will significantly leave its mark on the new era and will thus place these beings in tune with the vibrational power of the sovereign spirit. The latter builds that which cannot be perceived by a human being, though it is essential to his elevation. The stone age, which we alluded to recently, is long gone. 
it is up to today's human beings to grasp what we are offering in this special context. All are not aware of the situation. Having reached this pivotal point in this evolution, the human being must make a choice to move forward or to stagnate without seizing the opportunity offered to him to anticipate events. Make of that what you will. Humans have their own judgment, their good or bad tendencies with which they must contend. There lies the challenge of an incarnation. A life without trials, without problems of any kind, would not be constructive in the way we conceive it. Everyone carries their own burden which is necessary for their evolution. Everything has to be paid for. Everything has to be deserved here below. The positive results of life represent the most valuable asset, one that determines what comes next on all levels. Accepting one's situation and being thankful is an indication of nobility of soul. It is not always easy to react like this. We all went through many ordeals on this earth. Who is spared? Thus are the rules. This is what Babaji Maharaj says in this message, which is a very clear indicator. Again, it's quite easy to read from a piece of paper and say that, go ahead and accept. Things are not that easy. We always have this uh, self-pity that we value in. Why me? Why should it happen at this point of time? Why should I go through this challenge? I have read several stories that Master has shared. I also read in several books that without tribulations, triumphs are very boring. In fact, if you had to be airdropped in Mount Everest in less than about one hour time, I am very sure that we may not be able to enjoy the real ride. And many times, what we get to see, what we get to experience as part of the process, because when you are talking about acceptance, the fundamental thing that we need to accept is change. Change is the only thing that is happening constantly around us. As I am talking here, there is something changing outside. When I go back, may not be palatable to my taste. The same is true for each and every one of us. It's quite easy for me to hold a mic and say that, accept change. It's not easy. If I have to say that I have learned how to manage or accept change, it's not. When every event of life throws a challenge on you, when everything that happens seems to be always destined to be different from what we would want it to be, it indeed is difficult. Imagine, Master once mentioned in one of the informal conversations that one of the center in charges came and complained to him that, Master, how can you do this? You visited my center, but I got the message through a abhyasi of the center that you are coming to the center and I am the center in charge. Master apparently told him, imagine your plight is much better. I am sitting here and I get the message through a medium <laughs> and I have to accept it. The message doesn't come to me directly, it comes through a medium. Master said he took him very long time before he could accept that the message is coming through someone else and start taking it as a message given by Babaji Maharaj. Imagine the physical level medical challenges that Master has been going through. Starting from 15th of July 2012 up to now, he has been facing one after another. See how he has been smilingly, cheerfully taking whatever is being thrown at him. Even a few days back before his uh, recent uh, the turn of events, even early in the morning, afternoons, evenings, he doesn't spare time to sit with the Abhyasis, talk to them, though being close to him I know the kind of pain I know the kind of uh, 
torment that he goes through at a physical level for him to do what he has been doing. Here is a role model at least at a physical level for us to understand. And not everything that he wants has been pretty smooth. Right from the time he succeeded Babaji Maharaj to the cases he had to face on behalf of the mission, to the cases which are still being faced by the mission, to the several challenges he has to face with the abhyasis, with the prefects, with the functionaries, he has been accepting everything being thrown at him. It's extremely easy for again for me to say that be like him. It's not easy. Extremely difficult. The kind of pain that he, the only thing that I've seen is the definition that he once gave. A true master is one who masters pain. And for that kind of acceptance for us, after all, if we have a goal, it may not be oneness with God. At least it is to become like him. To become the qualities that we see in him is something that we need to imbibe in us. And one of the biggest things that I have learned from him, though I am yet to practice or get it part of my system in full, is the ability for us to accept whatever is being thrown at us. When we considering ourselves as a functionary, for example, being stopped at the gate, or my communication not being replied to by master, or the wedding of my daughter not being solemnized by my master, or the Annaprashanam that many of us are familiar in India not being done by master. Everywhere we have challenges. My daughter has finished plus two, I want to know what she has to do and master is not replaying. Okay, my son is getting married, I want to know whether this bride suits him or not. I need to know master to reply to me, things like that. Starting from mundane, very small challenges to the highest challenges. In fact, once Master said, surprisingly, the challenges which come to me or the questions being posed really are not of a spiritual nature. Very rarely an Abhyasi comes and says, Master, I have been meditating on my condition. This is my condition. This is my approach. Tell me why my path is being blocked. Why I am not progressing. He says, those kind of questions are meaningful to a guru. But when we go and ask questions, being with him in a day where there are 100 questions he answers, you can say that almost 100 out of 100 are mundane material level questions, yet he takes them and answers. Because conveniently we say that, Master, I have taken you as my mother. After all, won't a mother do this for me? Please answer my question. And we run to him like a child and he does it. But if we start accepting whatever comes to us and become that he would want us to become at a level of accepting the pain that we are going through, the turbulence that each one of us have becomes much easier. Then I was looking for the next answer to these questions. What would trigger acceptance in a Abhyasi? What is the key? We are going from the turbulence to the practice to the goal to the level of acceptance. Then in whispers as well as in many of the conversations I have had with Master and Kamlesh Bhai, I found that what is the determining factor for us to be able to accept is the attitude that we have towards what is being thrown at us. It is finally that attitude of us which determines the difference between a person A's reaction to the situation as compared to the person B's reaction to the person C reaction. And there I found this uh, beautiful uh, whisper message Again, I am taking recourse very easily to whispers because that way you will have no questions to me. The message is on Thursday, 12th of July, 2001, 8 a.m. Babu Maharaj, in this message, when I finish reading, he gives a beautiful insight on what leads to acceptance. When the aspirant calls his master, he is heard. Things cannot be otherwise. The answer may not come up to his expectations. Being too subtle, he may not perceive it. But he is not forgotten as he tends to think. You, our brothers who have come a long way, do not bring this situation back to human relationships. It does not belong to the same level of perception. These exchanges with your master develop you spiritually. They are an important part of your process. Express yourself, appeal to him and pay attention 
to the answers given to you humanly they may not satisfy you but be reasonable it will be up to you to draw conclusions from answers given to you according to the events and your attitude will be rewarding or not every life is full of lessons to be learned but whether one can draw the best from it or not is another matter wisdom is acquired at that price gradually slowly old wise men suffered so many strokes of fate which have not affected them for a long time they have passed over this threshold they take refuge in themselves when the elements rage thus they do find the safest refuge while waiting for the calm to return babaji maharaj i mean this message along with the next one i am going to read on attitude which i again found to be really pertinent 8th of august 2002 thursday 10 am the end for the poor or the rich here below is the same from one incarnation to another the living conditions change but the same fights and the same combat are to be carried out sooner or later wealth and poverty are only experiments opportunities to progress gifts and titles are illusory you know this already the only solace against all evils you know it your heart wants to overcome all these reasons its only creed is love in which it is regenerated to advance on the way to perfection is not easy the battle is hard sometimes the supreme recourse is surrender in which all that overwhelms man is offered to divinity this attitude attracts grace which puts balm on a suffering heart in that sense nothing is in vain all is counted and strengthens the soul from victory to victory it becomes more serene having admitted the principle wisdom is acquired through experiences when they are well understood revolt is useless it embitters hearts that cannot control themselves learning through life is difficult but that's the way it goes until the end may you come out of it victorious you have all our blessings for that babaji maharaj talks about this way back in 2002 which i read as a recent message when i again looked at the concept of goal to acceptance of all the turbulences that happens and how our attitude determines what we need to get i also asked master once we talk about attitudes and there are several attitudes that can be portrayed that needs to be portrayed by an abhyasi out of all this if there is one thing that you would like to share as the key not the only key what would that be at that point of time master mentioned that the best attitude to have for an abhyasi for a spiritual practitioner is the attitude of humility in fact jokingly yesterday me and brother shriram were talking on what topic i should speak about then i he offered me the topic humility i said uh, i am too early for that <laughs> let me take a little bit more time before even i understand what it means for me because in many close circles as well as people who know me and those who don't know me thanks that they think i am not humble enough which may it's not that easy to be humble i remember the story of ramakrishna paramahamsa who had a disciple and uh, the disciple came and told paramahamsa 
that my son has the habit of eating excessive sugar he loves you a lot if you just tell him to stop he will stop so ramakrishna paramsa looks at this disciple and says please bring him to me after four weeks after four weeks he comes and then he tells the son don't take sugar he stops so the mother starts getting agitated turbulent you know as why did you waste four weeks you could have told me this four weeks back it would have been over he said i had the habit of eating excessive sugar so i wanted to stop first before i can tell that to him so he took four weeks to overcome that so humility as a topic maybe some day in the future i'll talk right now the only thing i would pick up is again going back to whispers where there is a beautiful uh, message that bauji maharaj has given on the importance of humility and how to stitch it back to the topic of acceptance and attitude this message is given on saturday the 8th of january 2000 8 am faith is a divine gift just like love imagine a lifetime without faith how can one live like that so you think many live it and with dignity they can have well led existence help their fellow men and act honestly why is it so you say when so many others who claim they have it behave so badly towards their brothers these are the mysteries of creation god has his reasons which are not obvious in your eyes he knows what he does to bring each creature to the point where it must arrive life is only a short spell in this great process of evolution man goes through all possible tests and he is put to the test he must measure up to all situations this is what must make him stronger and humble while advancing towards perfection humility is a great force it allows tolerance a real understanding of the other and it is a major virtue the way is long and difficult but there is every hope for success and it is worthwhile babaji maharaj this passage for me again threw up another interesting question the fourth point that i wanted to share about which could be the culminating point with which most probably i would conclude my talk what then stops us from being humble what is it really that creates the challenges and bottlenecks if you are humble wouldn't it be much easier for everything that is thrown at us to be taken where our attitude is shaped well by a sense of humility which leads to the acceptance and hence our path towards the goal which is the original home and this almost is a no brainer but it is a challenge that man has been grappling with again this answer i found in whispers as well as in some of the conversations i have had with master if i have to ask you this question i am very sure that all of you in one single word would give the answer what stops us from being humble yeah very very simple ego once i read a beautiful uh, acronym for the word ego he says ego stands for edges guru out or edges god out that is the power of ego and i couldn't find a better way than to look at whispers for this concluding message from whispers i picked up on the need for regulating the ego this message was given by babaji maharaj just 3 days prior to the centenary celebrations held in manapaka this was on the 27th of april 1999 tuesday 10 am the message is like this you have that pathological tendency not to accept the least 
criticism from your masters we are bad because we dare in certain circumstances to criticize you what are things coming to what poor weaklings you are you want to grow grow but to fear blows you would prefer to be protected in a cocoon shock proof anti pain sterilized etc what can be done of you should be resign as the parents of your time do do they act for the good of the children or do they simply offload their duty on them is this what you expect of us take a good look at yourself make your own choice truly if you want to continue make yourself immune to your ego don't it don't be its slave anymore otherwise how will we be able to make you advance we know my daughter that you stand well our criticisms try to share your point of view with the others to make them become aware of their weakness on this point babuji maharaj if you really look at it what i have done is to go into the topic a little bit it doesn't yet do justice in terms of what needs to be done after all life is like a multiple lock each of these multiple locks opens with different keys like our fingerprints being unique not all locks open with the same set of keys each one of us have a different locking mechanism and we alone can unlock the i would say the quagmire that we have landed ourselves into the best thing is that we all know what the keys that would work for us it is the last point which i shared which stops us from going back to the earlier points of acceptance which can be changed by the attitude which can be changed by becoming humble and for humility to settle in we need to be able to open our mouth really big and eat this mountain sized aspect called as ego and if you have to eat a mountain it takes a lifetime and ego is almost like that the day we are able to break that multiple combination lock the keys that i think i have shared today are enough to let you overcome turbulence just to sum it back to you turbulence is something that happens when we are not focused on the goal when the goal is clear even when a aircraft is going towards the goal of where it needs to land if the pilot adheres to what the atc says which apparently did not happen in the mh370 crash story in spite of the air turbulences stick to what the atc here the atc is our heart regulated by the man who is sitting inside hopefully our master listen to that and for the goal to be clear for the turbulences to settle in and advance towards the goal whatever happens on the path of the turbulence we need to be able to accept accept cheerfully and for us to be able to accept we need to shape our attitudes and for us to be able to shape our attitudes we need to become humble for us to be humble we need to let our ego sublimate to the highest level where our master takes us over what i have shared are more in terms of a few insights into what it takes for us to be able to hopefully tide the journey towards the goal on the waves of turbulence and make it i only sincerely pray that this journey becomes more smoothful and even if it is with full of turbulences let us reach the goal by sublimating our ego to the highest possible love with which we are surrounded with our master and hopefully when he looks at us he says here is a person at least i can say 
is one of that handful aspirants I spoke about. Thank you. Exactly one hour. If you still have the energy for question answers, I can take it. It's okay. Otherwise, we can take a break. As you chose. I am only reminded of the story which I shared uh, before the talk of the famous uh, open art surgeon, Denton Cooley. The first open art surgeon, he was going around America giving talks. And uh, the talks were becoming so predictable. His uh, driver once said, in this town you have never been there, nobody knows you. So I will read out the talk for you. And then they swap the quotes and he goes on the stage, reads out the talk. At the end, one doctor at the back stood up and said, uh, Doctor, I have a question for you. So, and then reads out the question. So, this person is quite smart. He says, this question is so easy, my driver will answer for you. <laughs> so, any questions you have, uh, you have enough drivers here, they will answer it for you. Shriram and... <laughs> if you have any questions, please feel free to ask. Are the drivers ready? My question is on criticism. It's also sort of uh, turbulence. It so how to, how to tackle criticism? At least the way you would. After Thank all, you. I think going back to the theory, Master has spoken about the three aspects which are essential for us to, for every spiritual practitioner. He speaks about Hilat, Gilat and Zilat. Hilat, is when you have enough health to survive, not to be too healthy. Because then we forget the aspect of God or the divinity. The next one is just about enough material wealth for us to manage. The third one, he always used to make fun of us. I mean, thanks to Babaji Maharaj, I am surrounded by these people who are full of zilat or criticism. They keep giving me criticism so that I am grounded. If that can happen to master of such high caliber. I read many years back a beautiful Sufi story where a Sufi saint says, treat criticism like stones being thrown at you. The more stones come, the better uh, the cost of building your home comes down. Build a home out of that, let us see what happens. All I can say is going back to the four keys that I said, accept. For example, if I am being criticized by someone who is two kilometers away now and I can't hear, what would I do? I do nothing because I haven't heard. Close your ears. <laughs> if it is worthwhile, look at yourself. I always say that when someone is criticizing you, though it is not easy to walk the talk, it's like a mirror being offered and somebody is showing the mirror to you. And if you don't like what you see there, don't throw the mirror out. After all, mirror reflects what we are and whatever we see there, if we don't like, there is something wrong in us. Go back to Maxim 10, pray for forgiveness and hope that we don't repeat it the next day. But some of us have become doctorates in doing mistakes. I have specialized in 12 mistakes which I repeat so many times that I know, know it <laughs> by heart. My wife is sitting at the back, she might tell you that too. Listen to your spouse more often, they will give you a lot of good inputs. <laughs> any other questions? If any questions are not comfortable, I will use the standard phrase. Can we take it offline please? <laughs> Uh, in the beginning of your talk, you, speak, you spoke about this disconnect or turbulence in terms of the, lo the geographic location we come from somewhere. There's some turbulence at the back. Please switch off the mobiles here. Yeah. <laughs> so, like many of us are not living in the country of origin. And the same th way that you explained that, you know, like we don't really feel belonging to where we come from because of the course and experiences we have gone through and then but also on the country we live, also is, there is that idea that you're always immigrant or you're always the second you know, generation or whatever, second immigrant, or never part of that. So in your experience talking with Master, and what, what would you say to that? So where to be anyways? <laughs> it's difficult as a question to answer because I am still eating sugar. I am in my place where I am born. 
ఐఎమ్ బాన్ ఇన్ చెన్నై ఐఎమ్ బ్రాడ్ అప్ ఇన్ చెన్నై ఐ లివ్ ద రెస్ట్ ఆఫ్ ఐ హ్యావ్ లివ్డ్ ఆర్డర్ ఐ లివ్డ్ ఇన్ ద ప్లేస్ వేర్ ఐఎమ్ బాన్ సో ఐ కెనాట్ రియలీ ఆన్సర్ దిస్ క్వశ్చన్ బికాస్ ఐ హెన్ ఎక్స్పీరియన్స్ దట్ ద వన్లీ థింగ్ ఐ ఫౌండ్ ఇస్ దట్ వెన్ ఎవర్ ఐ వెంట్ అవుట్ ట్రావెల్డ్ ఫర్ క్లాసెస్ ఆర్ హాలిడేస్ ఆర్ ఐ ఆల్వేస్ వాంటెడ్ కమ్ బ్యాక్ వేర్ ఐ బిలాంగ్ అండ్ ఐఎమ్ వెరీ షూర్ దట్ యువర్ హార్ట్ విల్ టెల్ యూ వేర్ యూ రియలీ బిలాంగ్ వెన్ ఐ సే యువర్ హార్ట్ విల్ సే వేర్ యూ బిలాంగ్ టు ఇట్ డజన్ మీన్ దట్ యూ ప్యాక్ యూర్ బ్యాగ్స్ అండ్ కమ్ టు మనపాకు I have seen several Indians and I have seen several overseas people who have travelled to Manapakam and felt more miserable than they were in wherever they were. Ask yourself where you really belong to. To answer that question, it's much easier which should help my spiritual growth. It's not necessarily Manapakam or the place where your physical master is stationed. It's not essential at all. In fact, shockingly, a few weeks back, Master was explaining that those who are physically close are not necessarily, those who are physically near are not necessarily close to him. So it doesn't matter where, where you are, it matters where your heart really says, this is where I need to be there for my spiritual progress. That's the only thing I can say. It might help you to meditate on it for one year, five years and then finally when the call comes, follow that. you will face challenges but you need to go ahead and take the plunge but the answer for each one of you could be different it cannot be a standardized template come to manapakam chennai 600125 india it's not so it's a difficult call but i guess some point of time you have to find the answer from inside do not depend on any external entity including the when we go and ask master for an answer many time he answers what satisfies your immediate what gratifies you at that point of time if it master said that every question is based on a desire based on based on desire i have an answer and i want him to say yes to that or i want him to say no to that when he doesn't say that again turbulence gets created mm. all the answers are there and again looks theoretical takes time even when i got married and when he had uh, chosen my wife i had some questions on my mind and i was sitting there with him in gayatri and i asked him master what is the answer he said don't depend on me for answers sit here meditate when you find the answer come and tell me inside and i sat there meditate for about half an hour i got some answer i went and told him master this is the answer i got for this situation master said this is the answer i would have given but i wanted you to find it on your own because now you will take ownership for that nice roundabout way without answering <laughs> no the questions okay thank you thanks a lot